Welcome to Saturday Story Circle, always on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 23 Deep within the hidden sanctum of the crime cabal, a door opened softly and quietly. A head popped around the corner sheepishly, and Case Bermel peered into the inner office, his hat in his hand. He squinted slightly. The office was in semi-darkness, and a single lamp on the desk was turned towards the door, causing him to blink in discomfort. But he was fairly certain that the form behind the desk was the man he had come to see. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Malcolm, is that you, sir? Case said nervously. Yes, came the reply, calm and even. Uh, Mr. Malcolm, it's Case. Case Bermel. Yes, Case, the man behind the desk said. Mr. Malcolm, I don't want to... I mean... I know there were some hard feelings there for a couple days, and I didn't want to... <sighs> "'Well,' he sighed, "'I just want you to know I respect you "'and what you've done, setting up this new organization and all. I, "'I just didn't want you to think otherwise, sir. "'And I know the other boys, they feel the same as me.' "'Thank you, Case.' "'Bermel strained to listen for any other meaning in the reply, "'to hear if Malcolm was still angry, or worse, under duress. "'I mean, these, uh, these new partners... I think it's swell, the crazy things they've come up with, uh, to give us the upper hand, I mean. But, you know, honor among thieves, right? He laughed a little. There was no reply from the man behind the desk. Malcolm was not famed for his sense of humor, but still. Bermel crept a little closer, cautiously. Malcolm was still behind his desk, his elbows resting on the desktop, his fingers touching lightly in front of his lips. Was there something more? The man behind the desk asked, lifting his head. Just a little. The shadows fell away from his face, and Bermel could now see clearly that it was indeed Malcolm. His face reserved and serious, but the man had never been known for his warmth. Bermel breathed a sigh of relief. Uh, sure, sure, Bermel said hurriedly. I just... I just wanted to make sure... Well, Kid Chaos ran the new plan past me, and, well, I just wanted to be sure you'd signed off on it, sir. I don't want to cause no trouble. It's all right, Case... You did the right thing, Malcolm nodded coolly. I approved the plan. Bermel smiled in relief. I'm sure glad to hear it, Mr. Malcolm. I mean, it sounds like a good enough plan that it, it, it sounds great, he corrected himself hastily. The only face the Red Panda might have recognized up to now is Satchel Braun, and me and Mitch Palmer are the only mugs left from the Rider mob. It makes sense to dangle us out there, kind of like bait. He laughed nervously and too loud. Malcolm's expression did not change. Bermel's laughter died away in discomfort. I, anyway, I just wanted to be sure that, well, everything was okay at the top, you know. Bermel was backing away now, crushing his hat in his hands as he did so. It's all right, Case, Malcolm said again. I approved the plan. Bermel paused just a moment. Right. Sure thing. Thanks, Mr. Malcolm. Thanks for everything. The door clicked shut behind him. Thank you, Case, Malcolm said again, his eyes unmoved. Thank you. Two figures moved forward from the shadows, beaming smiles of self-satisfaction. Well, Kid Chaos said, sitting on the corner of Malcolm's desk, that went pretty well. I don't think Bermel suspected a thing. 
Bermel is an idiot, Professor Zombie said sternly, leaning in to examine Malcolm's pupils for signs of change. And he betrayed our interests. If we had not subdued Malcolm yet, he would be working against us at this very moment. If we had not subdued Malcolm yet, Chaos beamed at her, we would be dead by now, and deservedly so. As for Bermel, don't worry your beautiful head about it, my dear professor. Between our henchmen and my bombs, our bombs, she corrected with a wry smile. Our bombs, he forced a smile. At any rate, neither of them have the slightest chance of surviving the trap either. Even once the panda and squirrel have been blown to a fine, powdery ash, they won't be the only ones on the trail of bronze ex-confederates. We can't have them traced back to us. I suppose, Professor Zombie said, their brothers in arms won't care much for that. She glanced to Kid Chaos to see if he was at all concerned. She was not disappointed by his smile, which neatly straddled the line between serene and insane. My dear, do not underestimate these gangsters' predisposition to saving their own skins. Besides, Mr. Malcolm performed beautifully, he patted the walking corpse's shoulder in congratulations. We cannot make much further use of him, though, Zombie said testily. The reduced levels of necronium allow this zombie greater powers of speech, but it has left him with an unacceptably high level of brain function. I thought he did fine, Chaos protested. Within the narrow parameters of a conversation we were able to prepare him for, yes. Under less controlled circumstances, he might become unpredictable. She scowled at the thought. I see. Chaos was momentarily serious. Besides, she continued, lowering the necronium levels also reduces the protection from decay. Malcolm will be literally falling apart within a week or two, and he won't be any nosegay in as little as three or four days. Well, that is rather more serious, Chaos smiled, but I'm sure we'll get by. He'll be able to deal with the fallout from Bermel and Palmer's deaths, and then we can arrange for a little accident. One that's ever so slightly more subtle than your usual efforts, if you please, Professor Zombie practically purred. Something that won't make people feel obliged to use the little ironic pause before they say, accident, just for once. Your wish is my command, he smiled. And while we're speaking of defying expectations, she turned to him and arched an eyebrow silently. He unbuttoned several buttons on his shirt to reveal a small apparatus fastened to his chest. Do you know what this is? he smiled. She smiled almost warmly. I can probably guess. You being you, I assume it is some form of detonator. Right first try, he grinned. And me being me, I can only extrapolate that it is tied to the continued beating of your heart. Such a clever girl, he beamed. And if your heart should unexpectedly cease to beat, do one might imagine from sudden exposure to a necronium cocktail, he said happily. Then what explodes exactly, she said politely. Everything, he grinned, just so we understand each other. Today, Americans are afraid of other Americans. They don't have to be. Some Americans hate other Americans, and they shouldn't. Americans are shouting at each other, and it's time to stop. 
Norman Corwin offers a quiet, informal conversation that reminds us all of how much we have in common. It's called Between Americans, and it's a fascinating banquet of food for thought from the grand master of American radio theater. It's his last message to the country he loved. You can hear the podcast on Monday, February 20th on the Mutual Audio Network's Monday Matinee. Are you tired of the lies, the accusations, and the closed minds? It's time for us to stand on our common ground as we face the future. Listen to this very special podcast and talk about it between Americans. Monday, February 20th, on the Mutual Audio Network. <laughs>